For me, this was an interesting exercise because I didn't want to just take wholesale what Bing gave me. I wanted to assess it, add something to it. And I imagine it's all digital layout, so there's not a guy in the back room or an old-timer with an X-Acto knife lopping off Bing's lead. Welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop, and I'm joined this week by Kurt Schlosser, GeekWire reporter. Kurt, it's great to see you. Hi, Todd. Good to be back. Coming up later on, a Seattle mayor has positive things to say about Amazon. It's a real man-bites-dog kind of story. Plus, the latest in the ongoing saga of Jeff Bezos and the NFL. But first, Kurt, normally I would, at this point of the show, say that we're coming to you from Seattle. You are coming to the listeners from Seattle, but I'm, in fact, in Northern California, in my hometown in Glen County, California. I've been volunteering here at the newspaper in the county where I grew up. It's called the Sacramento Valley Mirror for the past week or so, filling in for the publisher. Kurt, it has been a fascinating experience from a tech perspective and from an AI perspective. And since it involves newspapers, I knew that you would appreciate this conversation. How many newspapers have you worked for in your career? One, two, three, yeah, half a dozen. Where did you get your start in the newspaper business? Out of college, I took a gap year, literally, when I worked at the Gap, and uh, <laughs> and then and then went to work at a small daily in uh, Western New York in the town of Batavia. That was my first newspaper job, uh, sort of between Rochester and Buffalo as a sports reporter. And it went down to another paper in, in New York State and then down to Virginia and then came out to... Uh, Seattle and worked for the PI where I met you. Uh, which sadly no longer exists in print form. But Kurt, I got to tell you, this place that I'm at right now, one of the reasons why I have such an affinity for it is this newspaper published my first ever real newspaper story back when I was a teenager. Oh, It's been fascinating to be back here for the past week and a half because I'm doing many of the same things that I did and many of our peers did early in their careers, but with a whole different set of technologies. So just as an example, on a couple afternoons, I've been listening to the scanner and I'll hear, oh my gosh, there was a crash, a rollover out east of Road P. Oh my, I got to get out there. So I got out there. <laughs> there was an arrest at gunpoint outside the McDonald's here in Willows. So I had to get oh. to that too. Yeah, I've been busy, man. I've been super busy. But the beauty of it is all of the scanner recordings for a small monthly fee are now available online. So in the past, you would hear the scanner, you would have to turn on your recorder, you'd have to take notes, and it was tough. But the beauty of it is, I can take the audio files from that service and pop them into the same audio editor, the software program that we use to edit the GeekWire podcast, and I can see when things happen. It's been this breakthrough for me. I don't have to listen to an hour's worth of audio. I can just see from the audio waves where things happen to just fast forward straight to them. It's been incredible. I can only imagine doing that job now with those advances compared to when you were a teenager, when you were in your 20s, even just monitoring Twitter in a town or yep. you know, your ability to record stuff. Obviously, recorders have been around for a while. Back in the day, it would have been a tape recorder, but not only to have a digital recording of it, but to pop it into an automatic transcription service. I can only imagine what 
20-year-old me would have thought of all this. Oh, and then, of course, digital photography, the ability to just shoot an unlimited amount of photos. And that is so clutch in sports. The hardest thing by far to photograph, in my experience, is sports. When I was at the Orland High School basketball game last Friday, Kurt, I just realized, oh, all I've got to do is set this on rapid fire shutter. And whenever any action happens, I just point, hit the autofocus. And just hold down that shutter. And out of the 150 shots I get, chances are one of them is going to be good. (laughs) There's a sharp one in there. (laughs) Yes. Tell that to the person who was developing, you know, film back in the day. Their mind would have been blown by this. Sucking on chemicals in the dark room. What do you got? (laughs) Look at us reminiscing about newspaper technology. All of this is, in fact, leading up to a point. I decided last week, in my own small way, that I would use artificial intelligence and specifically Microsoft Bing to help me write a news story. Wow. This was not the front page. This was something that was back of the book, as they would have called it back in the day. Hmm. And I just wanted to test it out. It was the kind of thing where it was getting late in the day and I just did not feel like revving up my creative juices for Love Your Library Month. The Uh, Willows Public (laughs) Library (laughs) had sent out a press release with some fun facts about Love Your Library Month. I thought it might be a good opportunity to promote one of my favorite public institutions, your local public library, right up there with the newspaper, I feel, in terms of value to the community. So I asked Microsoft Bing to draft me a story about Love Your Library Month. I want to read what Bing came up with, I think you might be impressed. February is a month of love, not only for your sweetheart, but also for your library. (laughs) If you would have written that lead back in the day, your editor would have been like, hey, nice one. That's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I want to wait until I hear some more. So it continues. Libraries across the nation are celebrating Love Your Library Month to highlight their role in supporting local communities and enriching lives with books, programs, and services. So you got the colorful lead followed by, very quickly, the direct information, the kind of, yes, I know, I just gave you a little grabber, and now I'm actually going to give you the news. Perfect newspaper style. And then I injected press release information from the Willows Public Library. For example, Kurt, did you know the most stolen book in the world is the Guinness Book of World Records? And the most overdue library book in the world was the one that was returned after 122 years. These were direct from the Willows Public Library, so they're irrefutable (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) And then I went back to what Bing had to say. Whether you visit your library online or in person, you can show your appreciation by checking out books, attending events, donating funds, or volunteering your time. For me, this was an interesting exercise because I didn't want to just take wholesale what Bing gave me. I wanted to assess it, add something to it. What do you think of that whole concept? Well, I think from a from a time-saving standpoint, it's certainly laudable. I'm a little concerned about like how much space were you allotting for this story as the publisher or the editor this week? Were you aware of uh, space constraints, which many print newspapers have? So the beauty of the Sacramento Valley Mirror is that much of the inside content is comprehensive police, sheriffs, animal control, and other forms of law enforcement logs. 
this is the bread and butter of the Sacramento Valley Mirror. And those things can be trimmed, saved, or otherwise axed at will. So there's not a lot of discussion about column inches around the Valley Mirror. <laughs> and I imagine it's all digital layout. So there's not a guy in the back room or an old timer with an X-Acto knife lopping off Bing's lead to make the uh, make those column inches fit in a paste up fashion. It is digital layout, but I have to say, and this is a whole other story, it is not much beyond it. <laughs> the newspaper is laid out on a Macintosh G5 oh. using Adobe InDesign 2.01. <laughs> is that digital? Is that digital? <laughs> it's, it's just barely digital. So, Did you put a little note, an editor's note at the bottom of the story that said Bing chatbot contributed to this report? You know what? I did not, and I should have in hindsight. I should have. I And I wish I had because it would have been a conversation piece, frankly, among readers. And I will commit, if I do this again, I will. Honestly, I just had so much that I was juggling. I just was happy that I had 400 words of copy. They have the internet down there in Glen County? The internet has <laughs> arrived. The newspaper <laughs> that I'm substituting for, which is a whole other story, has not arrived on the internet. Yeah. They don't have a website. It's one of the reasons why I love it. When I'm here and helping out, I feel like some combination of journalistic hospice nurse and car nut who's found a 57 Chevy completely stock in some field because this paper is not online. But I digress. That is a whole other story. I will write it someday. I'm fascinated by the talk you're going to give at the local community college where you tell future <laughs> journalism students, you know what? Don't bother. <laughs> yes. Reported by Microsoft Bing staff writer. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to say though, I do think that there is in all of this AI, a new platform for human creativity in coming up with ways to use it. And to mm -hmm. effectively give yourself superpowers in some ways. And I think this example that I used was a small example of that. And in the future, I will disclose it appropriately. So I'm glad you called that out, Kurt. Could you come down here and help me out? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like putting a puzzle together on deadline. Do you have a deadline for a twice weekly newspaper? Indeed. In fact, it's coming up. So let's get on to the next segment. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that surprising twist in Seattle related to Amazon and Seattle's current mayor. You're listening to GeekWire, and we'll be right back. Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with Kurt Schlosser. You're listening to the GeekWire podcast. Kurt, I was talking with my mom at the dinner table last night and, and her comment was, oh, good. I'm glad you're talking with Kurt on the podcast. He's been writing all the stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on, mom. Step aside, Bing. Some of the stories you've been writing have been focusing on Amazon's return to work in a couple of different ways. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy has said that employees will need to come back to work at least three times a week 
Catch me up on this one, Kurt. What's going on? Yeah, this is another shift in policy for the region's largest employer, as you know. And Jassy has has never hidden his desire to innovate and and collaborate in person. He he talked about it even before he became CEO when he took over for Jeff Bezos. And now he's he's putting it to the test big time here three years after the start of the pandemic. And he wants the corporate and tech workforce back in their seats three days a week, at least. This will be effective starting May 1st. So they got a couple months to sort of iron out the kinks and let everybody be angry, which apparently some some workers are angry based on some reporting from Business Insider, which saw an internal Slack channel called Remote Advocacy, where apparently thousands of employees have, have joined and are expressing their, their angst over this uh, mandate. In the past, Amazon was very decentralized about this decision, I think is the right word. They left the decision on whether to work from home or the office and how many days a week up to individual managers. And it sounds like there was just a lot of flexibility. <laughs> I remember I've been talking with some folks at Amazon who were inside the office over the past few months. There was this whole thing where people would be stealing desks. Well, stealing might be too harsh of a word, but borrowing colleagues, standing desks and other types of things. Monitors were real popular. So you can tell that there was a bit of a ghost town feel to Amazon headquarters. And it seems like this was something that Andy Jassy decided was just not going to fly anymore, at least not every day. Yeah. And that, that ghost town feel has extended out into the neighborhoods where the company's headquarters is located. Their offices spread from the Denny Triangle into South Lake Union. And Although there are other companies there, they're all kind of in the same boat. Google, Facebook, Apple, you know, all have these sort of remote hybrid policies in place. And I went down last week to talk to the, the business owners just to get their feel about whether this new three-day-a-week thing is going to make a dent. And some of them were excited about it, optimistic, you know, from inside restaurants, at food trucks. They're really hurting. And they're hurting now on Mondays and Fridays, which means that they are getting a little bit of a boost Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when people would presumably prefer to work. And then they're getting these long weekends where, <laughs> you know, well, I'll stay home on Friday and then go right into the weekend. Uh, that's especially being felt at the bars and, and restaurants. Earlier in introducing this segment, I said return to work. And that's really not right. This is about right. returning to the office, and that is the fundamental point, I think, that a lot of these employees are making. They feel they are getting work done. They're being as productive, if not more productive, at home or on the beach or wherever they may choose to work. And Andy Jassy is saying, no, the collaboration here is key. So this has been something that's been on Andy Jassy's mind for a while. Yeah, he laid it out in his memo to employees when this was announced Collaborating and inventing is easier and more effective in person. Learning from one another is easier in person. Being able to walk a few feet to somebody's space and ask a question. Uh, teams are better connected when they see each other more frequently. He said in 2021, you just don't riff in the same way when you're remote. For Amazon employees, I can also imagine that this is a bit of a one-two punch. At the same time that Andy Jassy is telling them to go back to the office at least three days a week, they're dealing with a compensation model that relies heavily on stock at a time when Amazon's share price has been suffering. The Wall Street Journal earlier this week had some great reporting on this, and we'll link to that from the show notes as well. Well, I'll tell you who was applauding the decision. Seattle's mayor, Bruce Harrell, this week gave his state of the city address, and 
you know, downtown Seattle and their desire to get people back down there as a big focus of that speech. And Amazon was his only call out when it came to technology and the tech industry. And I'm very pleased that employers like Amazon recently announced and recognized that coming back to work downtown is a great thing. And I, as mayor, embraced the proposition that it must be safe for them to return. As employees return, it has to be safe. Seattle's elected leaders in recent years have often found themselves at odds with Amazon and not on the same side. Maybe this is the moment when the alignment of interests results in some kind of breakthrough in the relationship between the city and the tech giant. Who knows? Well, you're looking at a mayor who is looking for answers to a whole myriad of issues, you know, related to predominantly the the safety of the city that he's now in charge of. And a lot of people blame the lack of daily activity down there for this sort of rise in crime and drug use on the streets. And I think the mayor is is willing to work with whoever he can get on his side to combat that. And Amazon and all of its employees coming back and breathing life back into that part of downtown could be one of the answers. We'll be right back with the latest on Jeff Bezos and the NFL. You're listening to GeekWire. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with Kurt Schlosser. We are talking about the week's news, AI, working from the office, and of course, Jeff Bezos and the NFL. There was a report this week that advanced this story, which we've talked about on the show in the past, of Jeff Bezos potentially making a bid for the NFL's Washington Commanders. Kurt, I just want to ask you, is Bezos going to be the kind of owner who's in the owner's box upstairs, more of a Jerry Jones type, or is he going to be down on the sidelines like Steve Ballmer at an NBA game? Like, Which kind of owner is he going to be? You know, I don't get the sense that he's a huge sports nut. I've never gotten that from him. I know that sort of his billionaire status has afforded him the ability to, to go to all sorts of high profile sporting events like the Super Bowl, and you'll see him pictured there. But I mean, it's not like he's ever sort of been rah-rah as a Seahawks fan or anything out here. You don't you don't get that impression. So I don't know if this is just another sort of feather in the cap type thing that billionaires do, or if he really legitimately thinks I could I'm gonna take on the commanders and turn that team around and watch me do it. I don't know. For me, one of the most interesting parts of this potential story has always been the fact that were he to buy this franchise, he would own both the major newspaper and the NFL franchise in our nation's capital. What do you think of that? I think that's a little weird. Uh, Although, you know, the the Post does a good job of reporting on Bezos. They clearly have that separation established since the report that we're referring to this week was by them. And um, he bought that paper, you know, 10 years ago now. And presumably Jeff Bezos was not the unnamed source for this story, I would presume. (laughs) Maybe maybe he was. Maybe he was. (laughs) He's looking at a pretty hefty price tag compared to uh, the last sale, which was the Denver Broncos last year, which set an NFL record at, 
uh, 4.6 billion and Forbes Forbes is putting the commander's price at about 7 billion. Mm. Um, I think the Seahawks in our past reporting, we've had them in the five to six range. So maybe that means the Seahawks are valued that high now. I don't know. That's these franchises are definitely worth a lot of money. And if I was him, I'd, I think I'd rather own the Seahawks. You're obviously biased. <laughs> it's a Homer, Homer opinion, right? <laughs> well, this has been rumored in the past, but this appears to be a pretty tangible sign that Bezos is seriously considering it because you don't hire a firm like Allen and Company to go out and represent you in something like this unless you're pretty serious about considering it. Yeah, that firm uh, was involved in the last two NFL team sales. They also handled the sale of the post from the Graham family to Bezos. So there are some connections there. All right, Kurt, I will resist the urge to ask Microsoft Bing to provide me with a stick with a snappy sign off and simply say, this was fun. And I especially appreciate you going down newspaper memory lane with me. That was fun. It was fun, Todd. Dash 30 dash. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to the GeekWire podcast. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire reporter Kurt Slosser. See the show notes for links to everything we discussed. And we will be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.